welcome to Sounding Board. On our panel this week is a brother that can only truly be described as the older one. He is, of course, Andrew. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so, this week, I want to talk about rights. Okay. So, what do you think of rights? Do you like rights? Oh, blimey. Um, that's, that's, that's quite a topic. How long, how long, how long have you got? Um, well, I wanted to talk about private... No, yeah. I've just said it wrong. I said that in the... You, you said that wrong, and then I corrected you, and you said it again. I'll edit it out. Don't worry. Positive. So I want to talk about positive and negative rights. Okay. And the differences between them. So are you aware of those terms? I mean, having a bit of a classical liberal background, you, you possibly are familiar yeah, with negative so, rights? So negative rights are the rights where you have the right for me not to do something. For example, punch you in the face. There we believe. go. And a positive right is you have the right of my time and effort into something. So if it's something like I have, I have, I have a right to high-speed broadband, for example, that requires ah, right. somebody to do something, and that's a positive right. Okay, so I let's think. So let's get into that. No, you're, you're, you're pretty much I'm not there. sure I've got that. I think I've got the, dis, the distinction. I'm not sure if that's the right way round. It, it is the right way round, and we'll go into it in a bit more detail. But I think hardly anyone even has heard of the terms positive and negative rights. Obviously... As soon as you see words like positive and negative, they are massively emotive. And you think that negative rights must be really bad. But actually, they're the, if I'm going to say it, they're the best rights. Okay. Well, so they're, 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 kind of, they're kind of the only ones that I believe should appear naturally. You're, you're giving me the right answers, of course. Um, so it's not, that, it's not that I don't believe... In positive rights, um, but they should be so. Uh, if, if you have a positive right from me, it's because I've signed it over and I've already. Let's get into the definitions. Been... Let's let's get into the definitions. Okay, so a, a positive right requires action on your part. Okay, you have to do something. A negative right requires inaction. Okay. So I was right in the punching in the face. Exactly. That's... So the right not to be killed, the right not to be hurt, hurt. Private property is a negative right. All you have to do is not steal my stuff. Okay? And that's where these term the term negative comes from. It's not a bad right and a good right. It is about whether or not it takes action against someone. To affect it. And so, yeah, don't take my stuff. Private property, that's a negative right. And freedom of speech is a negative right. Not being a slave, <laughs> yeah? These are all negative rights, and they are all rights that you tend to associate with, with freedom. Uh, and so this is where I'm not surprised that with your libertarian, classical, liberal kind of views. Well, so that's when... when, when uh, Do you get it? Yeah, so I'm sure like many libertarians, when you start reading up, you know, on, you know, on, on Rothbard and Mises and people, this is when you start to see these terms like positive and negative rights. Because I, yeah. I had no idea before I started reading up on, you know, classical liberalism and libertarianism and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So. And, and neither did I. And I can't even remember when I first heard the term classical liberal. Um, 
but it must have been someone that I respected defining themselves as it. Um, so I went off and researched it, and you know the, the the concept of negative rights is a is a big thing for classical liberals. Um, just to just to be complete, then, uh, and you 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 hinted at a really a really great modern example. You know the right to fast broadband. Well, that was the most ridiculous one I could think. But of. that's where it's gone, and so. Again, we like to talk about things being, you know, statist or or not, but positive rights, ones where you, where you, have to force something on someone, um, are are everything from education and healthcare and you know a right to housing, a right to security. These are all things that right have to, to be. Bedroom. Well, quite. These are all things that have to be essentially enforced. Now, you can argue that the only way of, um, of, you know, of giving, of having these positive rights um, is, to, is to take something from someone in the first place in terms of, in terms of tax well, and so control. I, and I, like I, I, believe, I thought that was the difference in that a positive right meant that somebody had to provide it for you. So you can have a right to a spare bedroom if it's yours because it's private property. So the libertarian you... view okay, is that positive rights should only exist in a contract. That's so I was really pleased with the way you answered that earlier. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. If you sign it away, if it's by agreement. Yeah, so, it's, so, so for it's example, a trade. My, you know, my, my, my current, I have a contract at work, and they have a positive right to my time because I've, I've said that I will give them my time in, in return for money. So it's not that positive rights don't exist. But they don't exist naturally. But they don't exist naturally, and they shouldn't be enforced by the state. They should, should again, be something you volunteer into in terms of a trade. Um, now, obviously, that doesn't mean that you sign a contract with someone to go and kill someone else by t- taking away someone's their negative rights. But it exactly, it affects that person's negative rights. Um, but you can um, you can get into a situation where you say, for example, I want you I want you to train me, I want you to educate me, and so I'm going to pay you money. I'm going to sign a contract. You're going to you're going to do that. Um, and so that doesn't infringe upon my my negative rights doing that. Um, and you know it. Nobody knows these definitions, but I think it's worth um, it's, I think it's worth defining them because of the next problem, <laughs> or, or the or the problem that people have in it. And now, I think I'm going to put to you some interesting um, scenarios. Okay. Now, because of the problems associated with, to be honest, rights in general. Okay. And this is about degrees of rights. Okay. <laughs> so. You're aware of the of the you know the term uh, moral absolutes, yeah, moral absolutism. Okay. What would you what would you how would you define moral absolutism? I'm I'm not sure you know. So, moral absolutism. There's right and there's wrong, and that's it. There are moral absolutes. Okay. You don't kill. You don't lie. You don't you know whatever you want to do it. But there's no excuse. Now, we talked in a previous edition about the greater good, okay? And that's where graded absolutism comes in. And it's this concept that, as opposed to moral absolutism, where there is just a right or wrong regardless of context, graded absolutism is where it does matter what the situation is and you can justify your actions on something lower down in the hierarchy of rights. 
So you might say, let's say, let's say someone's about to be murdered. See, this is, would this, you this, lie? This is this is where I this is where I struggle with things like moral absolutes. There we go. If someone's about to, if someone's coming at me, you're coming at my wife. Ah, right. Okay. No, let's let's stop right there because I, uh, with negative rights and the right to life, there it is accepted that self-defence is is the is the only way of you personally being able to ultimately defend your right to life. Or somebody else's. Or somebody else's. Yeah, you, can, you can defend somebody else. You can defend someone else. But so self-defence is, is like the king exception. If you want to call it exception, it's not really an exception, I don't think, because you're, you're enforcing your own your Yeah, own you, right you're enforcing your right. You, but the, your but the point right. being is that if you killed someone because they were trying to kill you, then essentially that would be allowed. Obviously, it's not nice. I'm not saying that's you know that, that's that's well, nice. Encouraged, but, I would hope. Well, indeed. Um, but the concept of is it okay to is it okay to lie in order to prevent something else? Is it okay to hurt someone if it means that you're saving someone else? And this is this is the 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 lesser of two evils. The greater good, isn't it? You said before in a previous edition, if you say so, you're doing something because of the greater good, it means you're doing something bad. But graded absolutism is about the fact that, yes, you've, you've worked out, either in society or yourself personally, you've listed your morals, and you said, an infraction of that one lower down the list, I'm going to do because it's, it's stopping uh, something higher up the list. And so, for example, if someone was stealing from you, then it's pretty much accepted you're not going to shoot them in the face. And that that would be too serious a breach of one of those negative rights. But the tackling to the ground and hurting them, maybe temporarily incarcerating them yourself, would be considered okay because you were defending your right to private property. Well, yeah, so we Even all... though you were denying that person of their right not to be hurt. Well, we all, we, we all have to live with everybody else. You know, we, as much as I'm sure lots of libertarians would like to live as hermits on their own. Yeah. Um, you know, we, ha we have to live in a world with other people. Um, and this is, this is where it gets really interesting as a, as a, as a libertarian because, you know, for example, and, and this, this, so this, this is a good example for you. Um, if I shined a light out of my, out of my, my window and I live next door to you, yeah. and a little bit of that light goes into your garden, that would probably be fine. I, I would argue that that's reasonable, that if I have a light on in my house, yes. and some light comes out of my house and into yours, yep. I would argue that's reasonable. Yeah. But then where do you draw the line? What if the light becomes a laser and it starts burning through your front door, for example? So, well, that would be damage. But if you let's let's not say it's it, a laser. Let's just say it's an incredibly strong and powerful light that's not causing any damage, but it's causing me not to sleep at night because but, of the light coming through. But even even a small light will, will be technically doing some damage. You might not be able to identify. It's all about being reasonable. And where, yes. And, and, where do you, where do you and so this light? is the problem, isn't it? This whole oh, it's a matter of degrees, and this concept of the grey area. And the concept of, um, well, I suppose it's this breach of a lesser obligation to, present, pre to prevent a worse one. But another, another example. So this would be an example of perhaps where I would believe in the greater good. In that if I saw somebody uh, who was on their phone walking across the road about to be run over by a car, I'd probably push them out of the way. Because you don't have time to ask. Nope. You know, 
is it okay if I push you out of the way because you're about to get run over by a car? I would push them out of the way, and you know what? They might fall down and hurt themselves. Yep. But they're alive. Yep. So I, in, in, I would make the judgment call that the greater good was that I pushed them out of the way, and then, then they're not dead. Let, let's be very clear. I'm not, I'm not coming down on the side <laughs> of um, specific um, you know, moral absolutes. So this, is why I I think really we all, this is why I really struggle with this. I think, well, and I think, I think we all want to think that we believe in moral absolutes. But the real world doesn't work that way. No. But my my problem is that I think I think that's leapt upon by by the statists and 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 used as a reason to do you know non-ethical things like take your money in tax and regulate well, you. Well, because and, because there are a few examples that aren't you know aren't these absolutes. Then nothing they, can be. They run with the it. Left. Yeah. They run with it. It's the thin end of the wedge, isn't it? And that's you know, this is why statists like to steal our money. <laughs> that's that's you know because because they're doing it. They're saying that's that's the minor stealing. Stealing that's the minor infraction compared to the you know the the good we are doing by you know the welfare state by healthcare and by building new roads and you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and and it's the I've heard this um, analogy used before. It's um, you know someone's someone's ill, and you know you've you you break a window and steal some medicine from the pharmacy. You know a life is saved and window's broken. You know that those kind of those kind of things. And these these are these are classic examples, aren't they, of the greater good, the the lesser of two evils. And we're asked to believe. I think we're asked to believe that um, things like things like tax. Uh, and the and the you know the the monopoly state run systems, they argue that's what they are. But I would so in that circumstance, I would go back to the pharmacy and offer to pay for the window. Agreed, wouldn't you? No, absolutely agreed. No, I wouldn't just scarf her and say no. That's your. You know, you'd leave and I'd say I'm really sorry, but you know my family member was about to die. I needed this medication. Exactly. Here's my name and address. And unless the thief is pointing a gun at you, you tackle the thief. You don't shoot him. Uh, because it's about proportionality, isn't it? But again, I would be uh, maybe happy is the wrong word, but I would I would want to submit to um, a form of justice that looked at things in this reasonable way that you've described, which is to say, right, okay, we need to we do need to look at the context, we do need to look at the situation, we need to look at the proportionality, we need to look at I suppose intent. I mean, that's a dangerous area. <laughs> intent. There's so many laws now that are based on intent. Yeah, you go, oh, I didn't intend to do it. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. You didn't break the law. So it, that's a, it's a difficult one. But the point is, it does need to be judged. But you see, the thing is, I think this idea of, of grading something, it... It just—it's—it's it's right up the statist alley. It's—they love hierarchies, yeah. They and and they love levels. And you know where have we? Where, where do we hear that most of the most? The hierarchy of, of victimhood, yeah. This this concept that you can you can oppress one group because another will be helped. That's the same thing, isn't it? I, I'm 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 allowed to be mean to this guy because this this person has been oppressed in the past and therefore needs to be needs to be helped now. And so I think you can kind of map this graded absolutism um, that's, that's somehow used to justify um, bad behaviour. 
and also historic behaviour as well. So you know, so so for example, some people were oppressed. Some people who looked like you were oppressed in the past by people who looked a bit like me. <laughs> Therefore, we're gonna we're gonna correct that wrong, uh, yeah. even though even though our ancestors are long dead. We're going, to, we're going to try and correct that long by pressing me to give something good to yeah, you. Yeah, even though, even though personally I wasn't involved in it and personally neither were you involved in it either. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a problem with this kind of graded absolutism idea? I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem, and this is why I, I struggled to give you an answer earlier, I have a problem articulating my thoughts on it because I, I, I know, I know when, think, when I'm doing the right thing. Um, you know it when you see it. Yeah, but it's it's really difficult to come up with rules. So the, the the examples that I gave about, you know, pushing someone over to stop them getting run over by a car or a train. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that was that was infringing on a person's rights to protect them themselves. It wasn't. It wasn't. Like, this is you dealing with them as an individual. Yeah. So not I a group. I wasn't pushing someone over to, you know, to, to or or taxing someone to to give the money to something else. Um, so I was helping them. But you've got to be careful with that because the... the well, period, that, we've the, talked about that before. The argument is, well, I'm giving you the healthcare, I'm giving you the roads, I'm giving this stuff with your money. And it's also the puritanical right-wingers who want to kind of ban everything and ban sugar and tax you because it's for your own good. So you've got to, you've got to be careful with that as well. Well, yeah, and this, that, that is very much infringing a negative right. So the point is, can a negative right legitimately be infringed? Now, I don't like this concept of the hierarchy I don't like this idea that you can grade these things and you can put one above the other. But as soon as you start talking about examples, even if you're only saying that you can break a negative right in order to, uh, in, in, you know, I don't like the word enforce, but to protect someone else's negative right. But so it, as long as you don't mix the rights you've up. Still, you've still got to, okay, so I'll give you an example. You've still right. got to grade the rights. So your arm is stuck in your own fence, okay? Yeah. I, w- I probably wouldn't break your arm to save your fence. But let's say, say you're unconscious. Uh, you're unconscious and you, your arm's stuck in a fence. Um, so you're talking about there about saving my private property, which is my fence. So I wouldn't break your arm to save your fence, but I'd probably break your, sen- break your fence to save your arm. Okay. And I'm assuming that if I was at risk of dying in that and situation, if you breathing, I'd, you'd I'd probably be- break my arm and the fence. In order to get you to In order to try and... Correct. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But so it's difficult to come up with rules for these. But things. you wouldn't. Yes. And so again. So I mean, let's do something really crude. You wouldn't destroy my. Right. You might destroy my private property in order to save my life. You're not going to destroy my life in order to save my private property. So there's still, there's still both negative, well, yes, negative so that, rights. So that, that was the first example. So I wouldn't break your arm to save your fence. But yes. I'd break your fence to save your arm. So. It, is okay. So you've got to grade private property with, you know, your with self ownership, I would say. And one assumes then that similar things will happen with freedom of speech. But again, it's is it is it as easy as that? So what if you had? I your, don't think this is easy. I think this is the what problem. What if you were unconscious and you had your, you know, you had your hair trapped in a diamond necklace? Could you pull a hair out to save a necklace? Well, yes, you probably would, wouldn't you? Um, I think in that you situation you'd you'd ask the person. They're on, they're unconscious again. Oh, they're unconscious again. Okay. I mean, I know these are ridiculous examples, but would you pull out somebody's hair to save their their their, their priceless heirloom? Um, you probably you probably would. I think you I, probably I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't smash the you know the, the necklace to pieces to save you know a strand of their hair. But then, but that's it's it's the same thing in reverse. You know, it's subjective. 
this you, is the you, problem. You've got to guess what people value most. Certainly in those situations where you can't communicate with them. Yes. And actually, there are lots of situations like that um, where you aren't face-to-face with a person um, or, you know, you're in your cars or whatever and you can't, you can't easily communicate. You know, you, you're choosing examples there where someone is, has been injured or something. Um, but uh, there are plenty of examples where you have to make those judgment calls all day long. I suppose the point is, you, you, as, long as, as long as we are always thinking, I suppose we, we are, we are always thinking... I'm gonna make sure I don't kill someone or hurt someone. I mean, they are—they are, they are natural rights, aren't they? Um, I'm, I'm gonna make sure I don't hurt someone with my actions. I mean, I would do—I would do my utmost not to infringe on anyone's negative rights. And if I had to, it would absolutely be the lesser of, of two evils. Yes, or, or three evils, or, or whatever, for the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> again, again, you, you know, you, you have, I'm, I'm not saying I don't believe in the great together. But been you keep misused. coming back to individuals again. You, you can't really give me an example where you, you'd infringe either an individual or a group's negative rights in order to help an individual or a different group, a different group and a different individual's negative rights. And you probably, they'd be really kind of contrived examples, I think, to try and come up with that. Yeah, so I think I, th- I think you could come up with contrived examples, um, but there would be there the, the probably wouldn't be real world scenarios. I mean, if I if I had to infringe on say 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 a group of people owned something, um, and uh, it was about to injure somebody, and I had to break it to stop someone dying. Yeah, I'd be infringing on that group's you know rights to private property to save a life. Yeah, so I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. But I suppose the, the point is, yeah, you're never you're never getting to the to the point where you are, you know, trampling on the entire populace's rights in order to, right? You know, in fact, the specific thing here is, I wouldn't you're never on in... I wouldn't infringe on someone's negative rights for somebody else's positive rights. Yes, and that's the difference, isn't it? Is that all of these other so-called positive rights, and we're talking here about the the rights that that most people. Think of as being provided by the state right now, a right to an education, right to healthcare, stuff like that. Um, that you wouldn't trample on someone's negative rights in order to provide that. Because the best way of providing someone with positive rights is by mutual consent. The only way I would, I would suggest. That was another edition of Sounding Board. Thanks for listening.